One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello! Hello! Oh, it's too hot. <laughs> Come on, you must admit it is too hot. I had £100 on you saying that. I mean, just with myself, so it doesn't make much difference to my financial situation. But yeah, Hello, it, but it, it, it's been like 28 degrees or something today, hasn't oh, it? Oh, it's been so hot. It has been too oh. hot. Oh, I just want to curl up in a ball and, and go to sleep. Well, don't you think that'd be nice if it, if I just curled up in a ball and snored and then you could carry on with the podcast solo, but there'd be the comforting sound of me snoring and maybe murmuring in my sleep in the background? I think it'd be very soothing and, and quite boring. Didn't you used to like it when they did the Big Brother live streams and you could w- watch them sleep? Oh, yeah, that was nice. God, that feels weird now. <laughs> yeah, it was. it was like you were playing a big game of Sims. And they were your Sims. Yeah, yeah. Having a Tamagotchi. They were like Tamagotchi. Um, anyway, so I'll, I'll try and put a, put aside the fact that I'm, I'm too hot for now. And, Good for uh, you. Crack on. Um, how was Father's Day? I just want to acknowledge anybody whose dad uh, is no longer with us. Always thinking of you on Father's Day as well, because those people, I think, sometimes feel a bit left out. But... Um, I wanted to to talk about yours and how did it go with Tom? What did you do for him? Um, He got a card, which um, unfortunately was made in front of him because I did a homemade one and he came home when I was making it. Um, And I bought him a hose. You did get him a hose pipe then? I bought him a hose, yeah. 40 40 metre, because the tap's a long way away. (laughs) 40 metres? I know, it's a long one, yeah. Big old hose. And what, what style did you go for? I beg your pardon? What style of hose? Oh, um, an expandable one. Nice. Very nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. How was your day? It was, uh, it was, it was all right. Um, I, had a, I had a lovely day. I was really made a, a fuss of by my wife and son. They, uh, they, they made me a blueberry pie, Ooh. which I really love eating a blueberry pie in June. And uh, Sarah let me choose which park we went to. And then she also let me buy myself a takeaway for my dinner that evening. Oh, treat. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but there was this stage at which we were out in the park and I thought, do you know what would be nice is to get a, a family selfie. Okay. So I flipped the camera around on my phone and ready to take a picture of three of us. And I looked at my face and 
honest to God, Anna, but I don't know if this is because of lockdown, but I look like I've aged 40 years in the past three months. No, really? Yeah, it's like this haggard old face. And my beard is big and white, so that doesn't help. You know, three more weeks and I look like Captain Birdseye or Santa <laughs> Claus. But it, 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 I do look like I'm somebody who vanished 15 years ago and everybody thinks, oh, he, he must have died. And then there's a plot twist in the soap opera and he comes back, but he looks like he's been out on an oil rig in the North Sea, followed by spending winters in, in a forest. I look just look so haggard and old. Dear, dear. And, and I've noticed increasingly, you know, you have facial recognition on your phone to unlock it. Mm. Increasingly, my phone does not recognise me. Because your because your original photo was taken like three months ago, and you look so yeah, much I'm, old. I'm convinced no. that I've aged so badly during lockdown that my phone no longer recognises me. But what is it about lockdown that's aging you? Like it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Stress. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm not feeling that stress, but maybe it's like you know there was a film called Speed. Right. It was about um, a bus a bus trip. Yeah. Um, and it was a very different kind of bus trip to say Cliff Richard's summer holiday because yeah. in this bus trip, if if the speed of the bus dropped beneath uh, a, a certain um, threshold, a bomb went off. Yeah. And I wonder if there's something about uh, lockdown has forced us to live more slowly and something about that has allowed the bomb of ageing to go off in my face. <laughs> It's <laughs> a very, very interesting theory. Very. I'll tell you what I really enjoyed about it was um, explaining the plot of the film Speed like people haven't seen it. Like, I, Actually, I've never seen that film, and yet it's just one of these things that everybody knows. It's, it's shorthand for a certain thing, but I really exp- enjoyed it explaining it in a very long-winded way. Mm-hmm, it's nice. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, so yeah, my, my phone isn't recognising me anymore. Here's here's the thing: our local cafe has reopened. Nice. I love our local cafe. I've been going there since we moved to this house, um, which I think was six years ago, maybe. And I like to think I'm a familiar face. I always have chats with the people who work there, and I've really missed it. It's probably been shut for two, three months, and they've reopened as a takeaway only and you have to order online. And I was so pleased to have this friendly local neighbourhood place back in action. Mm. And they've changed changed the business model because you can't just go there and order something anymore. You need to order it online mm. and then you get an order number and you go and pick it up. Okay. So on Saturday, very excited it was back, I ordered myself a loaf of bread, uh, some coffee beans and... A couple of biscuits, nice cookies. Okay. And there was quite a cute, because they, they, they've roped off an area or taped off an area of the pavement where you have to stand to pick up your order. And I was quite excited about the, you know, I know interactions are generally quite painful, but I feel that I have a nice rapport with the people in this cafe. Um, so I was quite excited to be moving along the queue and I could see the familiar faces of the people who work there inside and I was just just looking forward to this friendly interaction I got to the front of the queue guess what the uh, young woman who works there said to me go on what name is it please oh my heart just broke 
<laughs> You're joking. No. They didn't. But that's maybe it's just the aging thing. Maybe maybe they just thought, you look so much older, it can't possibly be you. I don't know. For me, that's better than thinking they just don't remember you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll say that to console myself. Say stories of social ineptitude from drifters. Thank you to you if you've been keeping us stocked up with stories as people are moving around in the world a little bit more. Now, um, hopefully, we'll get some fresh ones in. I think we could do with the the the, the trickle just turning up a little bit. Is that mm. right, Annabelle? It's always so, nice. Please. Yeah. Always nice. We could do with a few more. So, uh, you know, you need to pull your weight here. I know it's been extraordinary circumstances in recent times, but we need to pull your weight and uh, send it as as you start to reemerge, blinking like a pit pony into the world and your social interactions go badly like mine did at the local cafe. Then then immediately tell us about them. Send us your story, mm. please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. First one's from Mike, and he says, Jeff's mentioning of Pierre's misdirected posts recently reminded me when I used to live at number seven, Stanford Road, road name change, and every Christmas I would get a card for Jen and Dave with no surname but addressed to my address. Being an ex-rental property, I assumed Jen and Dave used to live there and hadn't given these card senders their new address. Anyway, as time went on and a few years had passed, I learned the people opposite me at number eight were called Jen and Dave. And when the loyal card senders cards dropped through the letterbox the next Christmas, I knew what to do. Or so I thought. Being a drifter, I tend to overthink things and think things through with every possible outcome. What if they see me posting it through and ask me what I'm doing and why I hadn't posted it through in previous years? What if one of the neighbours sees me and mentions to Jen and Dave they saw me posting something through their letterbox? (laughs) I need to mention at this point, I hate interaction with neighbours. A small talk is not my thing at all. And also, although friendly enough, Jen was a big brassy woman who nobody would mess with. (laughs) And Dave couldn't even muster up a hello when passing and always looked permanently hacked off. I didn't want to have to talk to them. Maybe port protocol was the answer. Nope, didn't arrive here, never saw the card. I decided that what I would do is I would post it late at night on the way back from the pub. That way I would be under cover of darkness and I would have some Dutch courage. All went to plan and I hoped that Jen and Dave would notice the wrong address and inform the card senders that they had the house number wrong. No such luck. Next Christmas card arrives on my doormat for Jen and Dave and I have to think about the whole scenario again. This time I wonder if there would be a return address inside the card so I could just return it as not at this address and leave it to them to find out their address is number eight. I decide against this as once open it would be difficult to cover up and it's probably against the law or something to knowingly open up someone else's post. However, on inspecting the letter I notice there is no postmark. Bingo light bulb moment. I'll change the seven to an eight. That's easy enough to do with a pen of the same colour. And then walk to the post box and repost it. So that's what I did. Brilliant. From there Brilliant. until I moved. The drifter's way of avoiding <laughs> just popping a misdirected piece of post around to a neighbour's and having a short conversation about telling their friends they live at number eight. I changed the seven to an eight each year and popped it back in the post box. Postmark or no postmark. <laughs> That's Incidentally, great. the day the for sale sign went up on my house, Dave was straight over chatting about how they'd been in the street the longest and when was I moving. Never seen him look so happy. Maybe it was just me. 
I wonder if Jen sometimes sits there at Christmas and says to Dave, I wonder why they started sending us cards again and then stopped again a few years later. Dave probably just grunts, who? You know, so-and-so and thingamabob. Never heard of them, says Dave. I often wonder what my house buyers do each year with the misdirected card. Well, that's the interesting question, isn't it? If, if the first mm. Christmas they just went over and knocked on the door and said, oh, it's a funny thing. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but then he's found out, isn't he? Yeah, and they probably yeah. did do that. Yeah. Oh, any oh, story there that. that spans several years, they're yes, more than yeah, welcome, yeah, yeah. aren't they? That's Absolutely, lovely. yeah. Okay, and then this is from Grand Princess Jeanette. I'm a native Californian. When we say hello or goodbye, we generally hug. If someone visits from the East Coast of the United States or the UK, Ireland or Europe, I remember to expect a kiss on the cheek, awkward as they may be for me. With that background out of the way, I'll get to my story. About 12 years ago, I travelled to Ireland for the first time alone for a 10-day vacation. This was my first solo vacation and I had consulted with friends and relatives who have visited Ireland about suggested places to visit. They all emphasised that the Irish were very welcoming and I shouldn't have any trouble being a female travelling alone. My first night there, in Dublin, I set out to find a pub to listen to music and have a drink. I found a sports bar, placed my order, and while I was waiting, asked a young man standing nearby whether tipping for drinks was expected. I was overly concerned about following every custom to the letter and didn't want to leave the usual $1 American tip for a drink if that would somehow be confusing or worse, insulting. The young Irishman explained that it wasn't required. Skip ahead to about an hour later when the young man and I had been chatting, a little cultural exchange if you will, along with a friend of his who had arrived. I should mention now that the young man and his friend were about 22 or 23. I was 41. When I decided it was time to leave and let these fellows enjoy their evening, I said goodbye. Thinking he was leaning in for a kiss, I turned my head and planted one right on his lips. It turned out he was only leaning forward so he could be heard above the noise of the crowd and music. <laughs> Just as we have been doing for much of the time, I might add, he immediately bolted straight up with a look of utter horror on his face, which was blooming into a bright pink. I was equally horrified but could only laugh like an idiot. I attempted to apologise and explain myself, but the damage was done. If there were any preconceptions about middle-aged American women travelling solo in Ireland, of being overly friendly i'd certainly done nothing to disprove that oh that's wonderful uh, please send us your story uh, uh, traveling stories trying to adopt local customs is good um yeah it's, it's send us your story please it's hello at adriftpodcast.com annabelle yes another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult the lockdown easing weeks slash months slash years. Now, you may remember that just before lockdown, I got a window cleaner for the first time. The first time in my life. Because I treated myself as the guy knocked on the door touting for business. And he seemed really nice and friendly. And plus, it, I was finding it hard to see out the windows. And you may also remember there was some awkwardness over what I thought was a missed window that I forced myself to confront him about. And he said he'd cleaned it, yes. but it had lime scale on it. 
Which is mortifying yes. as whose yes. windows are so dirty they've got lime scale. <laughs> scales. I've got scales on my window. I thought you only got lime, lime scale. <laughs> lime slime and scales. I thought you only got lime scale on taps and toilets. I mean it was it was mm. quite mortifying. Anyway, I was a bit annoyed that he didn't clean that window. So what I did was say, Okay, great, and agreed to see him again in five weeks. But I basically really regretted ever getting a window cleaner. And then, just six days later, it was lockdown. And the one good thing was surely I then wouldn't have to deal with him in five weeks. And maybe by the time it was over, he would have forgotten about me. And then, six weeks later, I get a text message saying, see you tomorrow. Which is not good. Because one, I can't stand the awkwardness of being in the same room as the window he is cleaning and having to keep moving around the house. I mean, I just hated that. Two, I'm still a bit annoyed about the lime scaly window. Three, apart from the lime scaly window, all the other windows are still clean. Like I'd gone several years previously without them being cleaned. I don't need it done every five weeks. That's an incredible luxury. (laughs) And four, it's lockdown. Like we've got no luxury items money. And I do feel bad for him. I must point this out because I'm sure it's affected him too. But it's not like he's been doing our windows for years. Like I've got no loyalty to him. Like if I had... So you didn't furlough him? I didn't didn't furlough him, no. Like, if he's been coming every week for the last few years, like, you know, I would have found the money. I'm I'm not a complete demon. I just basically don't want them clean. That's my biggest issue of all. So what I do is I text back and I explain our financial situation and how we'll have to skip this clean. And he's really nice about it. It's totally fine. Six weeks later, I get the same text saying he'll be over tomorrow to clean. So I have to say again that we've got no money. So can we skip this one? And this time he just doesn't reply. Oh, no. The next day I go out to the park in the morning with my son. And on the way home, we pass a cafe. And I think, you know what? I've gone over three months without a takeaway coffee. Today is the day that I'm going to have one. (laughs) And then my son badges me so relentlessly for a cake. I get him a cake. And I should say this cafe is a Gales bakery. You know Gales, don't you? It's a chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do great cakes, but it is quite expensive. So we head home. I've got my Gales coffee and my bag with the cake in it for my son. And as I turn into the street... Is it millionaire shortbread? It is. <laughs> as I turn into my street, I think you know what I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see the window cleaner up a ladder cleaning my next door neighbour's windows after I'd said that I was too skint for his services like I feel like I might as well be carrying a Fabergé egg and gold bullion (laughs) and I run through the options like I could hide until he's gone I could just ditch the Gales bakery goods or I could just deal with it but I've got a two-year-old with me desperate for his cake there's no choice really so I make sure the Gales logos are facing inwards. <laughs> and I go up to my front door and he says hi and I say hi. And then there's some painful conversation where I said, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. Hopefully we'll be able to get our windows done again soon. And said something about, he says something about hopefully things getting better for everyone. And then as I was unlocking the door, I said to my son, OK, you can have your cake now. That was very nice of Elaine to buy it for you, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't even know anyone called Elaine. It just seemed like the name of someone who might buy my son a cake. And I'm just wondering now, how long can I keep saying, we'll skip this one? Like, how many five-week periods can I keep going it? As I'm obviously never going to say, I don't want my windows cleaned anymore. Is it going to be 2033 and I'm still saying every five or six weeks, or we'll skip this one, please? 
Probably no me. Long grass forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need to, doesn't need to to go on this. Um, what is the minimum gap between having a snack and brushing your teeth? The minimum gap. So so in other words, sometimes when I'm um, looking up just before I come upstairs to go to bed, mm. I have a little nibble on something, okay. but then I think I can't brush my teeth that quickly after a nibble. I'm just curious to know what the the minimum gap is. Okay. I mean, I for me there's no gap. Like you can just just so stay after. So you could go you could go cheese sandwich <laughs> to um toothpaste. Yeah. In 30 seconds. As long as I've had a drink of water. Wow. I, well, I'm, okay. I'm interested by this. I didn't know that there should be a minimum gap. Is it because you don't you think there's food in your mouth? And no, it's more that I just want to savor it for a minute before ah. I fill my mouth with toothpaste. Okay, well, okay. Maybe maybe it's something I've been doing wrong all my life. I mean, I'm or maybe maybe, maybe I'm the odd one. Maybe, I mean, <laughs> it's very possible I'm the odd one. Uh, we should throw that out to the drifters then. Mm. Who, who's in the right? Who's in the wrong here? Does there need to be a gap between late night snack? And toothbrushing, or can you just go one to the other like that, like Annabelle, not to mm. sixty? Uh, okay, well that's, uh, that's that's an interesting question. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. If I sound like I'm falling asleep here, it's not just because it's too hot and I've aged forty years in lockdown. <laughs> I went on a twenty-nine kilometer bike ride today. That is a long way. Wow. I know. I know. I'm really into um, going out on these bicycles. It's, uh, it's it's great. I mean, I'm very scared of traffic and I'm very scared of hills, but um, there are apps that can help you with that. Oh, they tell you to where to go than the flat bits? You, you, basically, you can get... So City Mapper is a popular app um, and it, it can send you down the quiet roads. And then oh. there are other apps which will you know send you down the... Um, lowest possible elevation or slowest possible elevation as as, as they can. It's very what good. What a world! Really what a world yeah. we live in. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. I'll tell you. So so anyway, that's more exercise than I've done certainly since I was a teenager. Um, so I just want to I just want to curl up in a ball and go to sleep. But I've got a couple of cycling related questions that Ooh, are okay. almost sort of quandary corner ish. Okay. The first one is, I feel like such a fool when I'm turning and I have to put my arm out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there a way of doing that where you don't feel ridiculous? I saw Mm. a girl riding a bicycle earlier on and she did it in a very cool, nonchalant, hipsterish way. And yet when I do it, I don't think that is the overall effect. 
I think the way to do it is um, extend one finger. Does that not look really? quite good? What, your pinky? Maybe. No. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I'm just trying it okay. out now. Can you do maybe. it with both arms? Can you extend both arms? Like, can what, you? What, you ask I can't... me if I can, if I can do look, look ma no hands. <laughs> well, can you do no. no hands? No, I feel extremely unsteady on a bicycle when I'm turning anyway and having to extend one arm. I couldn't do, I couldn't go no hands, no. Because I know what I mean is I can only extend my You'll left arm. You'll be asking arm. me to pull wheelies next. <laughs> I, can only, I can only extend my left arm. I can't put my left arm on the handlebars and extend my right arm. So I can only ever turn left on a bike. Right, right. I mean, that's fine. I mean, you'll okay. never really need to anyway, don't you? Right. I remember once years and years ago, me and my ex-girlfriend, we went to Luxembourg in this beat-up old car of hers. And on the way on the way back, something happened to her steering where we could, where we could only turn left. <laughs> but surely you're just going around in circles. I'm trying to remember that, like, she, she devised this, like, really elaborate system for navigating junctions i mean i can't i can't quite remember it now but um anyway, i remember driving okay. home with my dad once from um, a banjo lesson and uh, something went wrong with the car like the clutch went or something and we couldn't stop all the way home a bit like speed and we and we had to just <laughs> we we had to just go home in second gear and we couldn't stop we stopped that was it it was very exciting Wow. It's pretty, your dad was yeah. probably just pretending so he didn't have to talk to you about your banjo <laughs> lesson. <laughs> Man, your banjo lessons haven't really come up in conversation much on the podcast for a long time, have they? No, not for a while. I'll have to find some it's ways to weasel them back in again. How many years did you do do them for? Oh, gosh, four? No, three or four years? It was multiple years. Remember. Yeah, yeah, it was a good And was then a good the few first years. time I heard you play, it was like... It wasn't like you picked up a banjo for the first time. It's like you were playing it, you know, you, you'd watched a YouTube video for 10 minutes and then you were trying to play it. <laughs> I wasn't the greatest at it, no. It's quite something. I blame the teaching. Uh, I really do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not good. Um, I mean, something was awry and it was either mm. the teacher or you. And of course, mm. you, you're going to blame the teacher. Of course, yeah. Uh, the other thing is, I've been doing quite a lot of riding down the canal towpaths. Oh, yeah. Which is you're sharing with pedestrians, obviously, mm. and there are times when I need to overtake a pedestrian, but mm. I feel very, very reticent about using the bell. Oh, because it sounds aggressive. Yes, yeah. it's a bit like the quandary we we came up with the jogging the other week, isn't it? Mm. So, have so you th- found a better way? Slowing right down and then really edging past people. Mm, that sounds uh, quite, yeah, just so your yeah. wheel is grazing their calves and then, then they yeah, notice yeah. yeah that's not ideal I hit somebody's hennies bag earlier oh you didn't yeah wow. I felt bad about it but mm. I also thought their life was going quite well if they were able to go splurging at hennies as soon as the <laughs> lockdown restrictions yeah you're quite were, right were, yeah were so, so what do you think do you think um, do you think like a little horn might be better oh <sighs> Be nice if One you could of those get sort of a really gentle horns. bell. No, no, something really no. gentle and soothing. Something like sort of pan, pan, pan pipe pan bell. Pipes. Can you buy a pan pipe bell? Or maybe you could just play pan pipes while you're cycling. If you can do okay. no hands, it's fine. Yeah, quandary solved. Okay. On 
welcome to your quandaries in this week's Quandary Corner at the GLAP Clinic. Uh, Annabelle. Yes. First from whom is from the first one, yeah. Distinguished Governor Martha. I have an awkward lockdown-related quandary that I'd love for you to give me some wisdom on. I was walking across the car park at Tesco last week, headphones in, podcast on, when I spotted two friends of mine by the entrance. One of the small joys of this global crap fest is that once a week I get to leave my homeschool responsibilities behind and stand silently in the queue in my own little world, mostly in the sunshine. The longer the queue, the better. So as you could imagine, I ignored them, hoping my sunglasses and face mask combo would protect me from dreaded chat. It did not, and I heard my name being called out by my very non-driftery friends. I stood and chatted at a distance for a bit, and then indicated that I was going to take my place in the queue that was stretching around the side of the building, far, far away from the talky Timothys. It was at this point that my friend, <laughs> that my friend loudly said to her husband, you go back to the car, let Martha take your place. I started to panic. I protested that although it was kind, they didn't need to do that and I was fully prepared to queue like everyone else. My friend would hear none of this and insisted I stoop under the barrier to jump into the queue behind her saying, don't worry, he was in the spot behind me anyway. They only let one person from each household in so we were pretending we weren't together. Double rule breaking. To cut a long story short, I had to decide on the spot whether to offend my friend, who proceeded to spend the rest of my precious queue time nattering on, or offend the whole of Tesco, who had all been waiting patiently. I decided to take the offer place, but was I right? Upset someone who felt they were generously doing a favour, or spend the whole of my big shop waiting for either security to track me down and chuck me out, or worse, get glares every time I passed anyone who recognised me as the spineless queue jumper. I'd love to know what you would have done in this situation. This won't be the last upsetting lockdown interaction, I'm sure. Well, so a skill that I wish I had and I don't would be pretending to faint. <laughs> Do I think that would get you out of a lot of situations? No, it makes it worse because because then, then people are then making a people fuss out of you. Yeah, yeah, and they're calling yeah. ambulances. Mm. And I mean, I can see why it might be convenient in this situation. What would you have done? Would you? Have, I mean, it's hard. To I say. think I would have said that is so kind of you, but uh, I think if I was one of the people behind in the queue and I saw this going on, I'd I'd, I'd be really angry and I don't want to piss these people off so I'll go to the back of the queue but thank you so much what complicates it because it's it's what Larry David would call a cut and chat but what complicates it is there was this one in one out factor where the husband was going to mm. sacrifice his so nobody mm. nobody behind was actually losing their position in the queue but I think that's that's mm. how I would I would sort of try to do an emphatic uh, decline based on the feelings of other people, which would make me look like a great guy. Could you have said, um, oh, you know what? I actually love this queue because it means I get to stay away from home longer and I don't have to do any homeschooling and I get a break. So I'm going to go... Is that what you would have done? I think I might have gone... I'd have chatted for a bit and then I'd have gone... Okay, I'm going to go and join the back of the... No, I'm going to join the back of the queue because I actually the longer I'm out, the better. I'll tell you what part of the problem with this situation is. Mm. Extroverts are starved of company and they um. just really want to talk to people who aren't the people they're, they're in lockdown with. So they won't whereas, understand that. Yeah. No, whereas I, I 
have you know keep hearing people talking about how they just can't wait to be back in the pub with their mates or and i don't have any of that to me i'm this 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 suits me there are aspects of it that don't and obviously it's pandemic and it's terrible but in terms of interacting and socializing with other people this suits me just fine Mm -hmm. where are you on the spectrum of that well what they so they did a list today of things that are going to be opening on july the 4th and i scanned i just scanned it very quickly until i could find the word playground and then i was happy and then i didn't look at the rest of it (laughs) i couldn't care less that the pubs are reopening and i didn't go to the pub anyway so i just i just wanted to know where the playgrounds are reopening yeah Mm. so have we dealt with we've we've given some options there haven't we yeah i think that it's hard to think of an actual rule here i think yeah yeah there's no rule but there's two options to deal with it yeah yeah oh no three options faint there you go yes yeah (laughs) all right let's go on to anon I always find tips a bit of a minefield. I feel a bit patronising somehow and I never know what the right amount is. The sweet spot between tight and flashy. We are. Oh, can I just, can I just, I completely misunderstood here. And when you said tips, I was thinking of the tip. Oh, no, no, money tips. I've not been to the tip for years, but I know the tip has changed a lot in that time because it used to just be... You know, a big pile of junk on the outskirts. No, it's all divided up on the outskirts of town. You can just throw your junk onto it. But so I thought it was going to be about tip etiquette. But this is this is tipping etiquette. Okay, you seem a bit disappointed. If anyone has got um, one they want to ask about the actual tip, then that'd be great. Yeah, but I don't think I've been to the tip since you know the the nineties, maybe even the eighties. Oh, I go sometimes. It's, It's good. It's good. Will you take me? If you like, yeah, you can come in the car. Because we're in a bubble together, aren't we? Yeah, the bubble, with the bubble, yeah. Is this bubble thing official? I've I've not seen anything in the news about it. (laughs) I sort of skimmed Twitter earlier on, and and you can go in people's houses now, but I I don't know if You can, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you can just go in anybody's house. That that wouldn't be a good reason to knock on someone's door. I think you have to know them first. (laughs) It's like It's like like a vampire, they have to invite you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go on to this, and it's about money tips. We are approaching the ultimate tipping dilemma. We have been having an extension built for at least the last six months, and it will be complete soon. Obviously, it's been a long job, and the last few months during lockdown have been trying, but the builders have done a good job. I wasn't sure if tipping builders was the done thing, but I had been vaguely thinking of what we could give them as a token of our appreciation, perhaps a few beers or cakes on the last day of the job. However, when I got back from work the other day, my husband happily told me the builders had given him a 12-pack of beer. How come? Well, their last client had given the whole team, 10 people in this case, a box each, and one of them didn't like the beer, so he passed it on to us. How nice. But now my mind is racing. Is that the tip expected? We too have probably had 10 people on our house at various points, so that's a lot of beer. As a proportion of how much we pay for the build, it's nothing, much less than the standard 10% tipping rate. But after all the building costs, it seems like one extra thing we will struggle to afford. Or am I being cynical in thinking that their gift of a box of beer was actually their way of setting the bar in terms of a tip? A way of showing us what other customers were generous enough to give them? Was it all a ploy? Either way, what is the etiquette in this situation? Well, this is an interesting one because I'm already worried about the guy who doesn't like beer. Oh, really? Because oh, what would you give yeah, him? Yeah, then what do you give him? Um, so, so before, we, as as that story started, before it got onto the crates of beer, mm. I I was thinking, oh, a few crates of beer, 
is, is oh, okay. where I was at. Yeah, just so, a few, not ten. Ten. They basically they got well, ten crates a beer. Yeah, I, I, I think I would have would have maybe thought about six bottles slash cans per person. So all the equivalent, 12, maybe, maybe bo- twelve. A, a I don't bo- know. A bottle of wine. These things have to go in multiples of six, right? Is or that, four? <laughs> yeah, no, not four and above. Oh, right, this sorry. is this is where you start coming under your stinginess starts coming to the surface. <laughs> you. So- <laughs> I don't want to go it down to a bottle of wine. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a bit cynical about this too. I, I think, like, why would, why did they give the crate of beer to the homeowner if everyone else liked the beer why don't they just share the, the extra beer with everyone else I'm suspicious mm, I think it's their way of telling them a what nice thing to do they like you mm-hmm. oh, so what is so what is that so, so mm. I feel they have to equal it now there's no choice you have to equal it but what about this guy who doesn't like beer then he can have cakes and then you, then you look super thoughtful because yeah, you've, you've remembered yeah, that he, do, he didn't like so I do that think beer. You need to, I do think you need to equal it. I'm now thinking that I didn't give enough beer to the builders. Right. Uh, so I'm just sort of reliving something that happened in 2014 or whatever it was. But, oh, so um, you've been through this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I just and sent you're a very load of generous beer. tipper. Just, yeah, yeah, I am. But, you know, I didn't think a money tip was appropriate. I have to um, say, this is the first time that I ever, I've ever heard of people tipping a builder. I didn't know it was well, a thing. No, but giving the builders a bunch of beer, that doesn't seem outlandish to you, does it? But I've never, no, it seems like a lovely thing to do. I'm just saying, I've never heard of anyone. I didn't know that it was a thing. I wonder if I sent anything else as well as beer. I can't remember. Is it too late? Like, what, we're talking six years? Could you do it now? <laughs> Send them so some what macaroons. Could, what could the other thing be? Because I don't mean to stereotype the builder, mm. but if if you sent, like, a, a nice box of cupcakes, mm. there the might be a perceived yeah. lack of... You know what I'm saying here. Maybe a that's box of Yorkies. Orienting. What about some Yorkies? <laughs> no, that's lorry drivers. <laughs> right, right. What do builders like? They like um, bird's eye potato waffles, don't they? I mean, <laughs> we are st- we're stereoty- stereotyping terribly <laughs> we are. here, aren't we? I know, isn't yeah. it awful? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, I, w- I, b- I would just equal, uh, equal what their last client gave them in beer okay, and well, try and think of something else for the other builder. I'd I'd give them all a nice bottle of wine each. Can I just I That's just want to point money, something out? People, yeah, go on. Yeah, but they're, they're spending a fortune. We we've established yeah. this. Okay, it's as okay, small okay. as a proportion of the work mm, that's mm. been done. I just say if I if I knew if I knew the individual builders, I'd be a lot better at this. Of course, you would. You'd have got thing is you'd have got to know them. You got to know their likes and dislikes. Wait, well, how I can we have answer a sense this of, I'd have a them. sense of them. I'd have a sense of them as people, mm. um, which I don't have at the moment. So I'm stereotyping, which I, I can only apologise for. Me too. But can we just say that the rule is that they now have to equal in some way what the pre or or, or come close to equaling what the other guys mm. did? I think you have mm. to, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And I otherwise, think so. you're going to look stingy. I think so. Now I'm worried that I'm going to have a backlash from anybody who works in the building trade who does like cupcakes and thinks it is an appropriate gift. This is terrible. I don't, who doesn't like a cupcake? I don't Everyone know why likes cupcakes. So hung up. I yeah, don't know either. Cupcakes are fine. So, uh, beer for everyone except the one who doesn't like beer and then get him cupcakes. How's that? Then, then that, that's now answered and I feel much happier. Good. Okay, okay.
And that was our podcast. Got nothing to add here because I'm too hot. You're too hot, yeah. <laughs> it's too hot. Yeah, so we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Are you ready for the podication? I'm ready. You ready? It comes from Liz. And Liz says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. You read out a podication dedicated to my partner, Sean, for his 50th birthday several years ago. At that time, I was an occasional listener, maybe mainly on shared car journeys, and I tried hard to keep up with the backstories. But Sean, who has been an avid listener for many, many years of your various shows, constantly interrupted the show to explain some historical context. Since Adrift, I too have become more of a listener and more so under lockdown conditions. Isn't that interesting that there's history? Mm. Somebody could have been listening that long that they have yeah. historical context. Yeah, yeah. Like, like sort of going into watching Game of Thrones on series six and then somebody has to explain all the backstory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we both live in Nairobi in Kenya. And um, let me ask you a question. Do you, when, uh, definitely when I was younger, it was Kenya. Is it Kenya now? I have heard both. I don't know. Hmm. I think maybe Kenya is the more up-to-date pronunciation. Um, But if if I'm wrong, do feel free to correct me, Liz. And I would like to request another podication, again for Sean, but this time to celebrate our one-year wedding anniversary on the 25th of June. We got married in a joint ceremony with a couple of other friends without telling any of our families. I like it. Mm. Some loved that we'd done that, others less so, my mother in brackets. But it was a fun day and felt like the right thing to do as all four of us had been married before. We are under lockdown of sorts here in Kenya. I head up an organisation that supports delivering health services at the community level in a number of African countries. So uh, you can imagine with COVID, this means I am extremely busy. I've had to ensure that all my 500 staff in five countries are safe and that the 10,000 community health workers we support can continue to do their work in a safe way and ensure basic health services are maintained, like children's immunisations, malaria, pneumonia and diarrhoea treatments. And that pregnant... You didn't just snigger at diarrhoea, did you? Absolutely not. No way. There was, there was a weird noise. What was the weird oh, noise? Oh, no. I, don't, I honestly don't know. Maybe I moved my okay. arm a bit. Sorry. No, I, it, I, it would have been out of character, but I, you you know, very, I heard a very, weird yeah. noise. And I just want to like, explain that if you don't hear the weird, weird noise on the podcast, it's, it's due to the way we record it. But there was definitely something in my headphones then, Annabelle. Okay. Okay. Sorry for accusing you of that. I know you, you, know you wouldn't right. have done... I know, like, there are circumstances under which you really find it very funny, but I know this isn't one of them. No, absolutely not, no. So, uh, sorry, I, uh, I gave a false representation of you there. Thank you. Thank you for your apology. That's all right. I feel that we're at a stage now where we can address it and move on. <laughs> You're not going to stew for the next week over this, are you? Should we do the moving on bit? <laughs> yes, of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that pregnant women are supported and still able to get to hospital for checkups and to give birth, which is tough when there's a lot of fear of visiting health facilities and lockdowns and curfews in place. Anyway, enough to say I've been extremely busy. Just want to salute Liz at this point. I know it's all about Sean, but what, uh, 
you know, what what an incredible thing to be doing and a difference yeah. to be making in people's lives at the moment. I mean, really, the 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 only equal I can think is what we've been doing week in, week in, <laughs> making making sure the podcast is still there, people. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm. You know, we all do our bit, Liz. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Throughout this time, Sean has been amazing, stepping up and doing all the shopping, making me lunches and dinners, creating a better office space at home and even trying his hand at making peanut butter cookies. He has tolerated going on long walks with me around the streets of Nairobi so I get to see the outside world and has most recently accepted a cat into the house that seems to have adopted us, Although, uh, even though he is allergic. These are great. Did you just hear a scream? No, it's my next-door neighbour's. Yours or mine? Mine, mine. Oh, okay. Um, Sean's been amazing, stepping up, doing all the shopping, making me lunches and dinner. Oh, and the cat, the cat, of course, um, which has adopted them. We are both drifters and not big socialisers at the best of times. Therefore, lockdown is not so different for us, but we do like to travel and come back to the UK and the US to meet up with our family and friends a couple of times a year. Not knowing when we can next do that is not easy. We both love to plan, which uh, we all know is not possible right now. But our weekly family Zoom calls and family quizzes gets us through it. And of course, this will end at some point. And of course, many people have it a lot worse than us. We had planned to be back in England to celebrate our wedding anniversary with the couple who had their ceremony with us. Uh, um, We wanted to make this an annual tradition, but that too will now have to be sharing a glass of fizz by Zoom. But I hope very much we can do it in person next year. I think it lets you off, off the hook in a way. Because by you not doing it the first year, you can do it some years and not others as and when you feel like it. It'll never yeah. feel like an ob- it'll never feel like an obligation to you, is what I'm mm, saying. Mm, yeah. Uh, can I therefore take the opportunity to say a big thank you to Sean? Thank you for your patience and understanding when times have been a little stressful, and of course for agreeing to marry me in the first place. I look forward to more celebrations in a quiet drift away in the years to come. That's from Liz. Well, I, I really enjoyed that. I loved hearing about your life and what you're doing. I'm sorry that I got derailed with the whole diarrhea thing. Um, mm-hmm. Did you hear there was another scream then? Yeah, it's my next door neighbours. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. It's it's like it's coming. From, I've got the windows open. It's like it's coming from outside. Oh, Maybe it was no, someone no, outside who was snigging at the word diarrhea. <laughs> Yeah, so I record the podcast in the attic, as we all know, of, of my house. And Sarah, when I'm not in here, is often doing her work up here. And her voice is so loud when she's on the phone to someone. You can hear her from the street. No. Yeah. Wow. And, and she's a very indiscreet person. And she, <laughs> I mean, who, who knows what people have heard her saying about them <laughs> when they've passed our house. Um I hear our neighbour, Mr. Deary, next door as well. He, he's some kind of high-powered business person working in the city, lovely man, um, doing a lot of Zoom meetings. And he is somebody as, who I think of as quite softly spoken. And yet when he's on a work call, man, does that guy boom. Oh, he takes on a new persona then, like work Mr. Yeah. Deary. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a Zoomer boomer. Mm. <laughs> he's booming on Zoom. All right. Well, Sean, uh, Thanks for being with us all these years and for providing valuable backstory to uh, to, to Liz. And happy wedding anniversary to the two of you. And if you would like a podication, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com.
Right. Pressing stop. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. 